We are deeply invested in the study of the Mishkan. Vayakel, we're on chapter 36. Um, Nachmanides, our commentator, says there's seven different iterations of the Mishkan. There's seven different times, and as you know, seven is a, almost a magical number within the Jewish tradition of the reiteration of the construction of this sacred space. And he sees in it a very mystical message, which is as we repeat construction again and again, it creates an indelible eternity of sacred space in our minds, wherever we may be in or out of the desert. And I think the two things that I wanted before we jump into chapter 36, uh, just remind everyone, is one where the people were just a few chapters ago, not the golden calf, but slavery, where construction was slavery, where there was no choice as to what to build. There was only servitude. Eved is a slave, and Avodah is service. It is intentional in the Torah to use the very same words for both work that is obligated by another man, human, and work that is in the service of God. What was the first word? Eved. 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 Avadim Hayinu. Do you remember this in the Passover Seders? We were Chorin. Yes. But so then we were slaves and now we're free, but everyone knows in English, let my people go. Shlach Ami is the first half, send my people, Vyaavduni, so that they can and sometimes it says worship me. And I would say it's build for me, construct for me. And construction, moving from slavery to freedom, and in the middle of this whole episode of construction is the golden calf, the first is uh, a radical departure from what they were used to as to what it meant to build. A pyramid versus this opposite structure from pyramid to sacred space. That's the first major point I wanted to make. The other uh, term that I wanted to familiarize you with before we jump into the text is malechet hakodesh, melacha, which means work, but in that word malach. What is a malach? The Malachamavit messenger. messenger and also angel. angel. Divine work, worship, service, all of these words are intentionally implanted so that the construction here is something that is, I want to say free will, but it's not. It's towards a higher calling of each and every person. And it is not something that is uh, mandated by a king, but so by... secretly call our worship services. Well, yeah, office. So, yes, services, and to give service or social service and what that means, and to give freely. Now, uh, I, I, I don't have age dar here, so I don't know who is working and who is not. But I think we all, at some point, have worked in professions. And I'm really going to ask you, as we delve deep into this, when is work slavery, and when is work really 
Malach, and I can say this with full humility and gratitude, I have the opportunity to do what I love to do. I get to teach Torah, I get to be in community, and it is uh, a free, willing give of my heart. And in my most cynical, I have health care, I got kids, I got to get them to school, they got good schools. And when I'm using that language, shame on me. And not out of guilt. And I'm just speaking for myself, but I think we can all ask ourselves, when were we working for the sake of must do, must do? And when are we truly in a holy calling that allows us to grow into who we are? Um, last piece before we begin on chapter 36. I will not say the page. Um, it begins with Shabbat. Now, I think we forget about Exodus just a few chapters ago. What is so radical about Shabbat being a former slave? It's a rest day. I'm just saying the most obvious things here. You don't have constructive rest, reflective time. Now, if, the, if a slave person were smart, like a great HR department, they would build in that kind of reflection. You know, as you're saying, the, the women kiss, women are on retreat. But the retreat is a highlight of our social calendar in so many ways. And that retreat is not just to pause and break, but regenerative. And I would say an anchor piece in some ways, Shabbat, to the work that we do. Uh, you know, I, at my worst, I say, oh, my God, I've been working all week, and now it's Friday night. Now I've got to work another 24 hours. Come on. This is the best opportunity that we have to pause, reflect, and react. So now I go to chapter 36. And the reason I want to take uh, a lot of time on this chapter, um, this is the small narrative section within the larger Parsha that is really a description of the Mishkan and the clothing of the high priest. And for those, yes, George? When you say there's seven iterations of the is each iteration the same? No. No, and it's fascinating because some are just reviews. Some are just, build me a Mishkan. You know, the one that God told you about. The one that Batala is doing, which is so just like, God bless. I remember my wife, you know, she wanted to redo a kitchen. I mean, how many reiterations of that same kitchen? And sometimes it was, you know, the open plan. But I knew what that meant. So George, very different. And one of the most fascinating parts between Vayakel and Truma that is sandwiched between the golden calf or the molten bull so we say, is one is from exterior to interior and the other is interior to exterior. So you have from sight plan this amazing kind of if you had like that 3D view of a GoPro in the Mishkan, one takes you from the inner workings, that's the first truma, to the outer walls and then later it's exterior to interior. So what I wanted to say, yes, Judith, please. what George just asked, do we assume then that the seven iterations are from seven different writers? Mm -mm. No, as I said, much of this narrative, uh, even Ezra, there's different commentators that think different things. Some is just one is the recipe, the other is the execution. Okay. Some think it's a review. Uh, others, I, my profound belief is that you need this around the molten bowl to give you the, the ideal space, which is actually creating space, all of the structure is to create a, an empty space, the Holy of Holies. So it's all perspective that they're Giving you, describing. right. So then over time, you have a quick look, 
you know, like if you looked at an architect's plans, they give you the nice pretty picture, but it's just kind of like a watercolor. They always use the softest because you can't really see what they're doing. But then, you know, when you get into the line items, then... And we have both of those. For those that are staying with me for meditation, I'm going to be doing a guided imagery tour uh, at 1115 through the Mishkan, literally uh, allowing us to meditate. It's a different type of meditation. It's not an interior one of your body, but it's one that allows you to take this journey. And so that's what we're going to be doing. That's why I'm using the narrative theory in the morning section. And then in meditation, we'll actually walk through the elements of the Mishkan. Chapter 36. Okay, I want to take a moment on these two names. Bitzalel. Now, Bzalel doesn't really give it justice. Bitzalel. I think I mentioned this before. We're on chapter 36. B is in. Tzel is shadow. And El is the divine. Why is that a good name for an artist? Art is divine. Okay, that's a nice start. That art (laughs) in itself and beauty, Schopenhauer would agree, that beauty defines holiness. What else? With some other comments. It's inspirational. Okay. It's inspirational, good, divine, inspirational. Betzel El. In the sh- so important. Okay, good. Yes. Please welcome back. There's um, um, the artist is one who is trying to distill some essence of the ineffable. Okay. Yes, and uh, you're seeing nods around, and. And so here, I, so question, is it the essence of the inevitable? Let's go back last week, what we were talking about, like, I want to see your face, I want to see your face. Do you remember? Oh, so last week, so after the golden debacle, after the molten bull debacle, Moses and God had this amazing kismet moment, and they're like, they calm each other down, and then God, Moses says, please, come on, let's... In my more erotic version, it's, come on, we're so tight. Show me, show me. You can't see my face. I'm going to turn distal and pass by, and you will see the radiance through the cleft of the rock. What does that remind you of, visual light? Shadow. Oh, those are the rays of light from Moses, but my my kind of, it's the Betzel El, this shadow. So is it to define the essence or perhaps... I think it's the mimicry. A reflection? A, a reflection, reflective, mimicry, how light and shadow plays. Because if I try to get it, this is what I love about Barnett Nauman, some of his more modernist kind of just white. When we try to just literally bring the divine, it's very challenging. Well, Please. Can't. The ineffable is the ineffable. That's why I'm saying it's, I, I, I use this in terms of like the artist and the scientist. Yes. The scientists are doing the same thing through some kind of equation. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What is, you know, if you look at Einstein, it starts with beauty. It was beautiful. Yes. Therefore, what is the, 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 sim, the symbols for it? Whereas the artist expresses, you can't ever really get it. Welcome it's to semiotics. It's yes. A, a reflection. What I mean, the essence is the semantics of it are. No, I, that's a, I, it's a very important distinction here, and I think it's in his name, Betzelel. Because if he was named Bell, 
You know what I mean? Like if he were named, oh, in God. He, that's, that's the Jesus-like artistic figure who is actually giving you that truth. And I think absolutely right. It's representation. And science and art are both working at this to try to find different signifiers to this thing that is holiness and, and the invitation to use all of these materials. So, Betzel El, in the shadow of God. Also, when you're in the Thank shadow you. of something, you can't actually see it. So when you look up at it, you see light surrounding it, and you only see the outline of it, but you really can't see the face. You only see a silhouette. Mm, that's, yeah, and Latour, you know, the beautiful play of light and shade, these contrasting chiaroscuro, this grayscale uh, knowledge, Betzel El, uh, an incredibly powerful name. I, I lost that fight with Aaron. His name is Nathan. <laughs> isn't, isn't this related also back to Genesis? When it says God created man, B'Tzel uh, Elohim, in the image? Uh, so, B'Tzelem, Tzilum, in the image of God. But right there, what's the irony? Image of God. You can't have an image. So, Betel El. The two words are related. That and, and, and so, Bethel. this would be a great. Dunash ben Labrat, 9th century grammarian, would say yes, because Hebrew only has two letter roots. Uh, okay. Rashi begged to differ. That was, I think, Dunash ben Labrat. Big argument. Huge medieval, Bert. You would have loved that fight. And, Mike, I think. It's even more than just trying to create an image. I think it's trying to recreate the creation, the act of creation, whether it's music or writing or painting. or It's the act, so, not the thing. B'shem B'tzalel ben Uri. Uri. What is B'tzalel's name? B'tzalel. Uri. What is or? Light. What is the beginning of creation? Light. Light and darkness. And this I want you to think because we focus so often on the materials. We have to imagine what the interplay is of all of the light and shade within that. And thank God for this brilliant architect. The, the play of light and shadow here is extraordinary. Uh, as I get to spend so much time in this building through so many of the different spaces. So, Betalel Ben Uri, Ben Hur, son, uh, tribe of Judah. Sorry, I'm back. Uh, we're going to get there. Uh, but Judah is the most important tribe, the wealthiest tribe. Rashi is very adamant that the architect and the architect's assistant come from the noble, most noble tribe, and Dan is the lowest tribe for the second individual. So that is Betzalel. Now, the second name, I also would love a child to be named this. I never get it. Aholiav, because you can barely say it. But Oheliav. Let's break it down. Yes, Ohel is a tent. Li is? Li. And Av? Father. Father. So, now if you can just metaphor Avinu. Daddy's tent. But Avinu Malkeinu. This is, I'm building, I'm building a tent for God. It's God's tent. His name, incredible. And what I love is, just the second part of his name is 
הכי שמח. אוהל לי אב, son of אחי, what's אחי? אחי, my brother, my partner, שמח, I'm bound to my brother. It's just wonderful. They've given you two names, and we've spent ten minutes, and it tells you all the intention of what it means to be within their names. These are, I, I believe, both theophorics. So, Betzalel ben Uri ben Chur lemate Yehuda, and Oholiav ben Achisamach bemate Dan. Now we're on chapter 36. I've gotten two words, three words. <laughs> And this is what I love. The whole ish and any person. You cannot define this as man. We know this because women helped construct the textiles. Again, go see Ikat. These are so beautiful at LACMA. Did anybody, I'm just going to remind you again. The Ikat exhibit at LACMA is mind-blowing. The skilled threading. So every person, hacham lev. Now, has endowed with skill and ability. Mm-hmm. So how did... Chacham already is so, so what's a Chacham? Do you see where we are by everyone? We're in uh, chapter 36, verse 1. Chacham Lev. So first... Wisdom of the Catholic Smart. Wise. A Chacham. Wise. And where do we get this from the Haggadah? What are these? Who's the four children? The first one is... The Chacham. Wise. Wise. But it's almost, almost a Luftmensch, the wise. Do you know what a Luftmensch is? It's an airman. Yeah, airman. Someone who makes a living out of nothing. (laughs) And he thinks, he reads all day, which is the opposite. So this is why, Bert, I'm going to challenge you there. The Chacham that we have is not the Chacham of the Torah. Chochmat, kasher, is actually the first time kasher is used. Skill, skill, skill. It's about skill. But doesn't it say that God <coughs> made the universe with chochem? Isn't, isn't that also used in the context of a higher wisdom? Uh, it can be, but wisdom, I'm going to argue just in a few sentences, is bina. Uh, bina. Bina is a deep understanding Chocham Lev, Kol Ish, Chocham Lev, they know how to do things. We need targeted skill. I also think the word Lev here is okay. <coughs> You're not going to love my next Uh-oh. discussion point, Mark. What is a Lev? It's hard, is it? So now... I didn't hear that. Lave is always defined as heart. And heart, let's just put, is the emotional center and what else? Uh, a kind of spiritual center that is counter to the chocham in a sense. Because you, you could be a really wise or you could be a really smart Alec but not be wise because you're not I think Mark this is your point Drush wise is you need 
the Chochem Leif. Mm-hmm. You need an understanding heart. And, and yes, absolutely, through our commentaries from the medieval period on. But biblically speaking, and here uh, Dr. Lieber, who edited the Eitz Chaim, he's a firm believer that Leif is mind. The faculty, they, they put it here, Leif, but they actually thought in biblical understanding that this was where the brain was. And that the soul, the heart, was in the nefesh. We've talked about this, Mark, yeah? The soul is actually in the throat. So now you can understand the Shema differently. With all of your, we say, heart, soul, and mind. Then the challenge is, and this is what I loved when Dr. Lieber would say, so what's the difference between the heart and the soul? I mean, I know the song, but <laughs> what's the difference between your heart and your soul as opposed to with all of your intellectual capability, with all of your, la- uh, I know we say lave, but with all of your nefesh, with all of your soulfulness, and all of your effort. Because you could be a smart man, but never know what to do. That's the Luftmensch. That's the airman who doesn't know execution. And I would say in this context, if you really read it, and I know, Mark, this is not the interpretation necessarily, but here, I believe they're saying anybody who knows how to do things, and they came from building buildings. They came from building pyramids. But th- you're saying this is technical? A technical skill? Absolutely. As opposed to a, a heart of wisdom? Chacham Lev is technical skill. Asher Natan Adonai Bechochma. That God, see, but it says here, every skilled person who God endowed with skill. So they translate this one here in that way, as opposed to wisdom, right? Because like then, wisdom, well, you see why. You may be wrong, but I like it better. So t- tell me more. So then imagine you get that first, first meeting of the project building, and you've got a bunch of wise, wise people surrounding your table. What's that first meeting like? Yeah. But isn't that in the first two names? And there's a separation between the first two names and then the skilled workers. So you are correct that Betzalel and Oholiav have different skill sets. Uh, meaning they are, and we're going to get to that in a moment, that it is Chochmah, Da'at, and Bina. You need three different kinds. And this is what I've written on the board. This is what I really wanted to drive our conversation. And what's the difference? Chochmah is skill. You know how to do it. Because I'm going to challenge you, Bert, to say, if you bring a group of people together, oh my God, it's like Davos. You know, like you bring a circle of people together and they're super, super smart. Well, I think we should do this. No, I think we should do this. You bring a bunch of skilled people together with one one person who knows... She can say, okay, you're executing. <laughs> you got all the, the, the flooring. You're my expert in roofing. Mickey, you know what? I need you to do interior design. Can, oh, I, bring it, can I bring it right here? <laughs> when we were building this building, yes. we had a big committee of people finding the architect. Yes. Another big committee doing the interiors and the art, the, the soul of the building, the light. And we had Stan Swartz, mm-hmm. who was a builder who knew about the floors and the walls and the light. And, and, it, takes, and it takes those three components, it I did. think. So this is what I really I wanted to open up the discussion, which is 
כל איש חכם לב אשר נתן אדוני חוכמה, which is very interesting to me if you read the פשט. There's just certain things that some people are good at. I'm, I'm a good cook. I'm a, not a good baker. And I do. I, I think that's just one of those things. How are you at dishes? <laughs> excellent. Excellent. You know that. What, what's my line? Dishes make the best foreplay. Doing the dishes. Central to any good marriage. So, I just, Chochem Leif is a God-given gift, whatever your particular skill is. And this is what a Nadav Libo, I'm willing to give what I have been endowed with. That's when the kismet, I think, a real spiritual connection happens. When, and it's the opposite of slavery. I don't care what your skill is, Sarah. You're a beautiful poet, but I need you to wash dishes. <laughs> Which you would, because I, I would... Ma- you could. And you do. But, but, <laughs> but yeah, there would be a disconnect. And I think we've all felt this in our professional lives. When someone's like, you know what? When I taught high school, and I was a fine high school teacher, it was not my God... It wasn't what I felt my skill was to the world. And so I was just slightly off. And um, all that is aspired. So nasa. It says undertake. Nasa nisuin is marriage is a lifting aspiration to come close to the melacha, the sacred work to do it. Okay? Oh, I have one other thing. I'm going back to verse <laughs> 1. Don't hate me. All chochem leif, this skilled uh, execution, chochma utvuna bahema ladaat. So there is skill, tvuna, bina is understanding. And then third is ladaat laasot, a, a knowledge, which is different. And this is where I really I want to I want to open the conversation because I'm as opposed to I have very not hard but like shot straight read understandings of what lev is. I'm not sure how skill, uh, wisdom, bina. Yeah, I almost want to say Bina's an intuition. I mean, this would be a more uh, mystical read is that Bina is not a how-to, but a kind of internal mechanism of, I just know. But then what is Da'at? Da'at's putting it all together. Da'at is that intimacy that we talk about knowing someone. So this is what I want to say is a, Da'at is a connoisseur to connaisse. And then Bina is more of a... I'm just throwing this, these ideas out there. What is the ultimate craftsperson? What is the artist? Someone who has... Uh, 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 the Rauschenberg exhibit was interesting for that. He had technical skill, an amazing printer. You could say Warhol or any of these, many of these artists. Incredible printing skill. He had an understanding of where the world was and what he wanted to say. And then he had this da'at. He had a, a knowing, an intimacy with, with culture. Are you using these three words as the 
Bible, artistic. See, that's why I know the layering is so deep because we know how da'at chokhmah bina gvura ho tiferet malchut. But it's a very different, uh, like Ibn Bakuda, proto kabbalist. You know, he has bochen levavot, which is the investigations of the heart, and I I love these works. But in this, it's asking a different type of knowledge base. That is, that is almost too practical to be Kabbalistic because right there, the very notion of the Kabbalah is the Mishkan represents this alternative world. So what you're building is an alternative reality. Here, uh, a cosmos. I don't want to say alternative reality, but uh, a signified cosmos. What, what here it's talking about is what does it take to be a great... Uh, I don't even want to say craftsman. I want to say artist, and which is why I think they're, they're, they're different. I think, as you described earlier, the looking in at the Mishkan, looking around, is the same thing that an artist does. They have the skill, and that comes in part from training. Mm. That's not intuitive. But they do have the intuition to see how that skill can be applied. And then they have the, the heart to see how it affects all around it all the people, all the, all the world around it. So it's looking at the same thing from all the perspectives that every human has to be a part of. Training, heart, and awareness. So that, that's a nice configuration. I think these words are very interrelated. Uh, I, yes, I, I want to challenge you on one thing, Judy. You yeah. mentioned this, you mentioned the, the, the mind or yes. the head. head. Yeah. Throw the heart. Is there any reference to the belly? What is the belly? What is the, and are any of these words connected to the this part of the body? Yeah. The core. Because this, because I was going to ask the same question to this gentleman asked. Because in the construction. Mark, yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, so in this construction, maybe this is like I'm trying to find you. So I'm just using what I understand. No, you're you're working it down. Yeah. Or the manifestations of light yes. into what is Malkut, which is the actual physical reality. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is this, this is not in any way referring to this, and is there any reference to this when we've already, already made references to the head? So, so, so too, with Betzalem and Betzalel, I have to two answers, which is, of course, this is our history. This is how it has unfolded and therefore that is how we see it. Uh, the shot of the text, I, I see differently. And, and goof, at this malchut, what you're talking about, there is, I don't have a word for betten. There's no betten. Not, not here. In this context. And I'm, I'm, I'm externalizing the physicality because I really think if you just read the text, it says you should have wisdom and understanding and knowledge. Pshat. I'm giving you some biblical context that's different than a Kabbalistic one. Uh, and the Sfirot, as we, as we know, you know, these ten Sfirot, they do model almost the Leonardo da Vinci-like uh, the figure. Absolutely. And creation, and, and creation itself. And, and what is it you're trying to manifest from this divine light? What is uh, re- representative on this earth? So yes, they're very, very uh, layered. 
Uh, it is not how I read this particular text about what it, what are the components of an artist's skill. And I will challenge you, Judy. I just think I could try to draw a hand a thousand times. I, I don't think, any, no matter how many classes I take, those that go to art school, there's that, isn't there a weeder? But in law school, and medical school, rabbinical school, some people have the chops to do that particular well, skill. and some. take beyond that that makes you an artist. But it's don't you begin with a chocham kol asher nasu libo, anybody that God gave them that skill? This, I, and this is an open-ended question. I'm not challenging you. Do you think that anybody can become the musician? I, yeah, I'm curious. As you, right. When I used to teach a lot of lessons, I could tell you within the first two minutes of the way a job would bow on a string, the way they put their hand around like this, if they had an innate skill for it, if they had an idea of what they were doing. Come on, someone's got to have a counter. Any Lockeans? You agree? I, I do too, but I don't want to. Well, I think anybody can be taught to draw a hand, but I don't think that hand will have the magic of Da Vinci or any artist. But the training, I think you can see an artist who, who just daubs paint. You know, I look at... Uh, who was the one who just splattered paint on everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think that's the same thing as Da Vinci. I mean, there's all level of what we call art in every field. I listen to rap, and I don't hear art; I hear noise. Ha! Huh, I hear. Oh, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to with grandchildren. So. I know a guy. Yeah. yeah. The, the Robert Bork line about the First Amendment, you know? Oh, I could show you some art, you know? Or, the Maplethorpe, yeah. But I think that there's a distinction between, I understand what you're saying, there's an innate ability, but I think the training without that ability, if you didn't, didn't get to teach them. There's the functional skill, but then there's also the musical sense. Yes. And they and the same seem to have that or they don't have Right. That. The same with the color sense or a, a proportion well, sense. Kind of the question, what are you trying to get us to see here? Because I agree with Becky in terms of that. You could be a LeBron James when he was in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some people just have it. So I think where I'm trying to go here is how do we get to building great things is someone who has not just the skill of doing it, but an understanding of what needs to be done. And we're trying to build a community here. The Mishkan is secondary. And I would say Kabbalistically, the body is secondary to a holistic experience of life. So what am I looking for? This construction is a template for society. And that when we truly can find the skill... Now, this is a different art. So it's an open-ended question, too. So I'm not trying to get us anywhere other than... I believe that each person is endowed with certain skills. So because I feel terrible that not everybody can be a musician. And my son Nathan says, no, not everybody is a genius in something. But I do believe that God put us all on this earth to have a particular purpose. And then we have to figure out that triplicate. That, that, that threefold chord of what is this combination between wisdom, understanding, and then technical skill to get there. Because the rest is just ingredients. Aren't we leaving out volition? No, that's, it's coming right next. Oh, good. Mike, isn't it possible? Coming, next sentence, literally. Yes, I mean, is it possible? the last 
close to 30 minutes, we had beaten this up until it's wrong. Okay. Isn't it possible just to look at this and say, God is a master developer, and insofar as just one is concerned, he wants the best technical craftsman, and not have to reach for art, and not have to reach for all the symbolism. He just knows what he wants to build this. And he wants the smartest and the best, ablest people. No, I don't then, then you're no different than slavery. Right. Why? That's slavery. Why? No, because it's not. I, that's a very good point. This is what I, what just I, an architect saying here, I want these, uh, there's other ingredients. That's why this is There's inspirational stuff. But God, right now, only here, Bert, mm -hmm. only saying, if I'm really going to do it, I want the best people I can get to do it. It sounds like Robert Moses, at least the way I read it through Robert Caro. Yeah. It's not slavery at all. I, there's other ingredients that are going to come and, and, and precede this. That gets at the question of what's the difference between a pyramid and a mishkan? No. So say another is, sentence about what, that what, and then retort. Is, Please, this is a good... What, this is where I actually wanted to get right. to. For me, and, and, and maybe I'm just projecting what I want to see here, <laughs> but I mean, that's what studying Torah is about. Sure. It's about interaction. It's not about something just being pumped into our heads. So, what do you to see? Me, the point here is not... Here's... I mean, you could have just said, here's the instructions, and you could say, and the people follow the instructions and build it. Here it says the people have got to contribute something. That it's more. What I get here is it's not just the plan. It's not just Boy, here's the plans. Do it now. That may be good for some things, like a pyramid. But this is a holy space, which is different from a pyramid. At least that's. Uh, now I'm gonna, okay. to read it that way. That's the question we asked the architect. What makes a synagogue different from building a medical center? Okay. But so here they need difference. something but other Judy, than didn't just... Didn't we just meet Ben? Wasn't Mr. Schwartz just literally knew how to build this place? Uh, no, he was he was a part of it, but that was not enough. Uh, all I'm saying we is needed a this lot one more paragraph, than that. All it is. Oh, two senses. Coming. Don't 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 overdo it. <laughs> inspiration is coming, but you can't build the temple without we could have, but it wouldn't have been the same. You can't So, riddle me this. Riddle me this. And this is an argument within the rabbis. This is really where I wanted to get to. Uh, but I, it's really important to have these different concepts of innate ability and what's the plan and what's the scheme. So, that, so they took over from Moses all the gifts the Israelites had brought to carry out these tasks, melacha connected with the service of sanctuary. But when these continued to bring free will offerings, boker, baboker, and I would say that's probably the most essential part of all of this, day after day after day, it's the Cal Ripken sermon, you know, just every single day engaged with the sanctuary morning after morning the people came that's free will offering that's not skill that's free will 
all the artisans who were engaged in the task of the sanctuary came from the task upon which each was engaged and said, the people are bringing more than's needed for the task that the work that God has commanded to be done. So this is hard for me to hear. When your kid makes you another card. <laughs> How d- we have enough challah. I don't need enough. Or in our, in, in our work, in our lives. Incredible brief. I don't need a deep dive into the Code of Hammurabi anymore. Like you have done enough. Baboker, baboker. Was this right or wrong? And there's a debate here. To stop people from bringing. Mm-hmm. Moses thereupon, we're on verse 6, uh, verse six uh, okay, chapter 36, verse 6. Moses thereupon had this proclamation made throughout the camp. He actually announced this. You guys have brought too much. Ha'avodah, the service for the work that God commanded. And then he said, V'yitzav Moshe, and he commanded, Do not, man or woman, make efforts of gifts for the sanctuary. And they stopped from bringing. Comedy, tragedy, simply following execution. Not making use of the stuff that was brought for a Jewish family service to do good work. So say something more about that. I, I know where you're going with that. Meaning, as opposed to? As opposed to leaving everything within the temple and not taking care of people who yeah. don't have or are ill yeah. or whatever. Accepting the gifts. Figure it out. As reconstructionists, we argue back with God and say, Really? What else? That's it? What is the. uh, You'll hear Shabbos morning, the girl's so funny. She's like, I don't want my house to be Ungapach. I taught her what Ungapach means. Just, you know, all these little different things that you fill a house with because you keep getting these gifts. But she's like, but the backyard, we could have used a treehouse. <laughs> and there was extra material. But my question, and I don't have a direction with this, do you think Moses was uh, right or wrong in his response to the people? The workman said, we've got enough. Right. He was right. Right. And Sarah? Sarah's right. So yes and yes. Of course. <laughs> Well, I don't. Well, on the one hand, so this is with the rabbinic responses. So Ibn Ezra, you know, he has a very interesting take on this, which is, you know, they just came from the golden calf, and they were so free willing in giving this kind of gold that they felt so guilty that they were going to give everything, and that Ibn Ezra's concern was is that the people were actually cutting into their corpus and and really sacrificing themselves for their name. Uh, and I've seen this tragically is how many families will sacrifice for the sake, sake of uh, donation and gift and looking good at the dinner dance. They don't have enough. To, they, they they don't have enough to take care of their basic needs because they want to make sure that everybody knows how generous they are. Micah, the starkest is in poor Catholic countries where they can't yeah. afford to eat and continue to donate to the 
and because they believe that this is part of their home and this is and so that would be that's a very stark stark example but this is also a contrast to the golden calf the golden calf the people gave and they made a calf and here every day they're trying to participate and it's beautiful. I mean, you could feel this kind of happening between artists and craftsmen and then the laity being like, yes, and I can imagine building this building. How excited. I mean, I see the pictures and you guys probably experienced it. How exciting it is to come and bring your talents and your skill and your craft. I want to do more. What else can we do? Where are we going to go next? What, what other things we can do? Well, and actually that's what the Catholic people often say in the poor countries None of us have anything, but what little we have, we put in the church. So we have one thing that is beautiful for all of us. And it might distinguish it, Judy, that in, in our tradition, and maybe right here, we're saying, you know, wait a minute. This is just too much, and you need it for the community. Don't impoverish yourself to build an edifice. No matter how noble the edifice is, we'll just do it right Ah. And you keep the rest of it for yourself. So now back to Bert. Au contraire, mon frère. <laughs> that the pyramid would say, keep bringing, Building. built, yes, keep built, 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 addition, addition, addition. Whereas God and creation says, I worked for six days. And this is, the, now if I can read the Hebrew for you. dayam ota. And the work was enough for all the work that needed to be done. Does that remind you of Vayachulu Hashamayim Vaharetz Vakol Tzvaam? This is what we say on the Kiddush at the end of uh, Friday night for Shabbat. Everything was done. We have so that's on the positive that Moses was so brilliant to just be clear. We have done it. We've made it. Did it. Success. The therm- I used to think about the thermometer fundraisers. I'm like, really? You got to the top of the thermometer? Extend the thermometer! You know, why we do this? Because there's a sense of achievement. There's a sense of surfluence when we hit that moment. The, the other side of this is Good. almost it's a reverberation of what Martin Luther was saying. You, you're not going to buy your way into heaven. Don't give more than is needed. Um, right. you, you can't Did you say Oedipus? Oh, Oedipus. Oh, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to try to give you a different read, and I want to use the Hebrew here. I actually, that was not fair of me, because the way I read it first, I'm going to read it the... We're on verse 7, chapter 36. I'm going to read it twice, and you'll hear the two different interpretations within this read. And the work was enough for all the work to do it. 
But there's another word there. Vaha yoter. So the way it's translated is their efforts had been more than enough for all the task to be done. I argue against that translation. Why? Pshat. I'm just, I'm, this is why I'm trying to be very strict. Why is that not a correct reading of this narrative sequence? Was the work, was the offering more than enough? Oh, they say more than is needed. More than is needed. Yeah, so I guess it is more than enough because I thought it was enough. Because my, my argument is, I want people to do, I, 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 I tip towards the vehayoter is a question, dot, dot, dot. Because if we say we did it, done, there's a, I guess this is a faith in Shabbat. Can we say we have done what we need to do and sit and be satisfied with the fullness of, of our work? Or is this the, the Puritan dilemma inside of me? Max Weber inside of me saying, come on, there's more to do, dot, 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 vahayoter, what could be done with that more? Which is the argument between this Sarah and, and David in a sense of vahayoter, we could actually build more, do more, and yet filling the task of which is needed and telling people... Amy always Mike, says, don't just issue? do something, sit there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't there an issue here of Jewish ethics... I mean, all you have to do is walk into St. Peter's and you look at them. My as reaction as a Jew is, oh my God, this is crazy. There's a million people starving. And look what we've got in this. I think of the Mishkan as inspirational, but it's certainly not St. Peter's. You can't look at this and say this is the grandest piece that's ever been. And we're throwing stuff at it. I think this is wonderful because it, it calls out for moderation, just do what you need to do to accomplish the task. Don't throw stuff at it. Don't beat it up with, with grandeur. Do what you need to do to make it holy, to make it its holy. And that's it. Then why is it gold and silver? Mm-hmm. Why is it gold and silver? Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Purple, crimson, fine linen. I certainly linen. don't look at this as St. Peter's. I look at this as a beautiful... Look, you do need... People do need an inspiration. There's something... That's, you, you're not going to make this out of dirt or sand, right? So this this is not a this is not the score is ten out ten zero, okay? The score is always seven three or six four. You're going to have to have some inspirational thing to go. Oh my God, that's gorgeous! But the by Moses is said, God is saying, that's just quite enough, okay? Just which fair midrash? I don't agree. <laughs> because I think to be portable in order to construct and reconstruct, and I would say more, I feel for the dispensation of the people that pre-Martin Luther, the Catholic Church, as opposed to the Calvinists, and because these people had wealth, and so they needed to find a way to plug it in, and we wanted to give them better use of their resources and their time, we... The, either the church or here in the temple and so that is why all that uh, dedication and beauty I don't see humility necessarily in it I no. see the skill that's necessary but humility isn't called for no, it's just called for let's do, do it the work that needs to be done, be done. No, I think it's, yeah, 
you know, if you view this through a prism, I think his, his view is 100% different than mine. I see this, but I hear from you trying to teach today is how do you build a spiritual community? How do you go from the golden path back to the, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments? How do you move forward in life? In Gashmute, in the real material right. world. And so through this seven stages version of building the Mishkan, So it isn't so much the concrete, yes, you can bring in someone to build it, yes, you can add more bricks, but what kind of community will that be? What kind of community is trying to be forged through these sentences we're reading today? Otherwise, this whole book becomes a ridiculous story. Like, not that doesn't make sense. Name. You know, there has, it's a mechanism to transmit spiritual lessons. Sure. I, I, want to, I, <clears throat> I don't think the issue is what other religious traditions do with their buildings. Honestly, that's their business, and I'm not sure it's our place to criticize. Well, no, I think within... Yeah, but let, oh, let okay, but, but... yeah, I, I An would. argument on the other side would be that man does not live by bread alone, and that because we are human beings, sometimes building a spiritual space that is grand is spiritual food for people now I that, that certainly I don't think is the Jewish tradition but nevertheless there are other traditions that might feel that way and I think would argue that and would also argue you know and we also do a lot in terms of charity etc etc I think Megan's idea earlier what about the belly that's the physical physicality of our lives, the real physical part. Hmm. I, I and I think that was brought up uh, as a point as well. Do what you have to do, but take care of this part the too. Core. Feed your families. Very valid point. Hmm. Okay, I have a second cup of coffee. So Good. Mine's great. <laughs> this Sorry, everybody. Please. If we're going to look at this as God wrote and yes. that's one thing. This is Moses that called these two people. So let's just stay within the realm of community just for the sake of this conversation. Yes. It doesn't say God said to Moses. It says Moses called whatever. So we're in this community now. How are we all going to operate? And I don't know how we can have this conversation 100% completely if we don't, I'm sorry, because you have the benefit of knowing everything that comes after this. I don't. I don't. It, is it possible that in this realm of creating or coming together to create this thing, there are, the process requires Yes, maybe at the beginning everyone does bring whatever they can. Okay, that's not. Now if you turn the page, it's so super specific what the skilled need to do, down to the colors, the numbers, the cloth, that's all of the actual. So now we're getting into a finer layer or a different committee or a different <coughs> level of the process of this thing that is being built or this community that's coming together to create something for itself or for the world, is this literal? Is this a metaphor? Mm -hmm. Does it mm -hmm. matter? Yes. I mean, it does matter. It all matters. But, but there's this, the instructions are so specific. Yes. So well, what's the relationship to... then between what this conversation we've been having about what's enough or not enough, when it automatically goes, okay, well, that's... And now, it's very specific. What is the... I'm asking the question. Yes. What is the relationship between that... Last number seven going into number eight. 
if I were a development director, I think Moses assessed capacities, and then they sat around in committee, and then they decided this is why we're using dolphin skins. I don't think God said, "Make all, gosh, I need dolphin skin. <laughs> if you start with the couch, you're in big trouble if you're trying to build a building. And we're also talking, I mean, again, this is a story of Moses is central in this story. So this is also, uh, there might be a line to look at in terms of what's leadership. It's absolutely that it's Moses. Notice, he farmed this out. He didn't use Aaron. He didn't use any of the priesthood. He used Betzalel and Oholiav. And I don't think that's small. No, the priests step away from this, and the priests also step away from the donations. And remember, they don't get a portion in Leviticus. And there's also this big, what happens after, we have to always say, there's no before or after in this. They're so this all is a commentary on Moses then and his leadership. So, uh, that was one of my reads about Moses' leadership was a certain skill to say, we've done it. Uh, we, have, we, have, we have gotten the scope, we know what it is, and we know how to build this. The rest is details. Now let's get to work. Because there is something at some point you've got to stop just wondering what that divine inspiration. But it does say, I just Megan, that God first said it to them earlier. This is what God dictated. And then it also says here, everybody that God instilled with this spirit, and then it goes back to this artistic spirit, which is it is coming from that divine inspiration, and it's not merely sociological. But I think what we are really swirling around here is how do we build holiness? How do we build with material? I am not a materialist. I don't think it's all just stuff, but I'm not an ascetic either. And that is the brilliance of this, uh, this reiteration, reiteration, reconfiguration that each and every time, every year, I can read this stuff for chapters. For me, this and then sacrifice, I want to take it to the next level because in two weeks we're going to be doing sacrifices for a long time. And I know we laugh because, oh great, another bull, you know, dripping blood. And yet, if we can if we can get to that visceral kind of connection with what that's doing through language, the genius for me is the specificity of language helps create this visual model in the desert. I have St. Peter's wherever I go with that book, or St. Peter's. And I want to say, I'm not critiquing architecture. Islam, you know, had just the Qibla and had a minbar. They had a very simple format without any of the Hagia Sophia or any of the domes. Each of them have a different theological implication. And I think what you were trying to suggest is this is the Mishkan. Is, I, is I it? think, Michael, also, I, I, I'm probably overreading this, but I do think there's a real ethical component that Moses brings to this. That just as your grandmother says, you just can't waste food. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you got enough to eat, you got enough for comfort and inspiration. <clears throat> The skilled workers, that's uh, Gershonides Rashbam, he's very adamant about that. Yeah. It's the skilled workers who are feeling like they were going to take advantage. I mean, you're an architect, and the person wants to put on a wing. Uh, Aaron's grandfather used to say he was an architect. He said, called them Moswells. 
Well, might as well. <laughs> might as well build in the kitchen. And they did not want to be seen as, this is ethics, what you were talking about. They have great skill. Oh, you want to build a swimming pool that opens up, uh, Mr. Uh, Hurst? Absolutely, not a problem. So there is an ethical component of that. But on the flip side, it's not just a tent. I mean, this is a, this is a beautiful structure. Well, that's why a sand castle really isn't a castle. This is our own castle. And portable. And it's got to have dignity. And the sacrifice of the gold. Why the gold? Why? Because it's a sacrifice. It was important to the community. You can't build something like this that's not important. You need that gold. You need the fabric. I, I have a basic question. That, is it Megan? Yes, that what, what Megan said about all the instructions coming up. He said the question is if two different groups of people made the Mishkan all according to the instructions, would, they be the would same? those two Mishkans be the same? And I go back to what Becky said. We're talking about music. Okay, you can argue Beethoven's fifth is Beethoven's fifth. The notes are exactly the same. And, well, right, and yet, no, no, no. But what I'm saying yeah. is the instructions are exactly the same, but you have two different orchestras playing it, you have two different conductors playing it, and it's not the same. And if it's not the same, why is it not the same? It's because the human beings partnered with the design and added something. So even though the instructions are very, very specific, part of what, at least maybe I just want to read this out of this, is that the human input to this, whatever you want to call it, the skill, the chokhmah, all of that, that what you end up is not a mechanical reproduction, but you end up with a living, vibrating product of man guided by God. I, I, I think music, to me at least, music is a really good metaphor. I'll leave you with this final irony. Oh, that's what we need. People have tried to model, scale, build these iterations. What's the irony? It doesn't work. <laughs> now, you can, you can be cynical about that, and you can say, Ah, see, it was just a bunch of stories that they're just trying to put together, but why would they be so specific about each thread? And therefore, I believe it takes that final inspiration of Achisamach, coming together and it's almost a messianic kind of notion of hope that when we really truly come together and understand the design we will know how to put things together and that will be generative and if we simply just follow orders the way that it tells us exactly to do we never get it done. Well there's a relationship between the player and the note. And, and if you ever do yoga, if you ever play you the, 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 the instruction is so specific. It's not that you're supposed to do it a certain way. It's one's own breath mm-hmm. through the thing. It's one's own natural gift through the thing. Does that mean that someone who's got is tone deaf shouldn't try to play the violin? Absolutely not. Because whatever that is is still going to aim for the same notes in some version. And perhaps that experience leads to some understanding that is their actual gift. Who knows? It's all a mystery. It's all in the light and shadow. And all acts of, we don't, one doesn't have creative inspiration, okay, now I'm going to do this, now I'm going to write the, do it this way, and this way, and this way. You don't create that way. This is all happening at the same time. 
it is. Yes. I mean, the creation of something. Yes. It's amorphic. It's organic. It's it's got all of it in it. That's why it's so interesting that it starts with Moses giving these two names, which have such relevance in life. So down from from that realm down to the specific thread. Down to the thread. It happens so quickly in the narrative. Right. In a paragraph. Well, a pleasure to study a paragraph with you. Shabbat Shalom.